it's the next level. You need a plan. I want to be on the radio. He wants to be on radio. But to be on the radio, you have to have a voice. You have to have some verbal ability. You hardly ever say a word. I talk. This is ridiculous. I don't understand. You need to grow up. Is that Pat? No way. Oh, man, I love that guy. For the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the melting pack, and it starts right now. You're listening to the melting pack. Here's your host, Pat Joplin. Alrighty, well, thank you, Jerome. Hey, friends, welcome to the show, the melting pack here on the Next Level Network. Today, well, first of all, this part. And the ending part may sound a little bit different. I'm trying a different uh, way to connect the board here. So if this is really bad, well, then I'll redo it and you won't hear it. But uh, if it's all right, then we'll just leave it as is. I I don't know. Um, But the other thing is that today is a... This is going to be a massive show. It's going to be huge. Nobody's seen a better show than this, okay? Believe me. Well, I mean, probably, but... um, we have an interview with Greg Almeida. He is uh, part of Vista. He's part of Here's to You. He's got an EP project that is, uh, well, part one is out. Secret Gardens is the name of it. Uh, we talked all about that. We talked about all kinds of other stuff, too. And um, it was a lot of fun. And, of course, Danny Schmitz returned for the next two episodes of The Last Dance. So that always is uh, is a good time. So that's what's going on. I don't have anything else. I mean, I have other things that are on the list, but I will save them for next week because, well, normally when I do, um, when I have a guest, when I talk to somebody I've never talked to before, I usually expect it to go about 20 minutes and then we go, okay, here's what we're doing with the music and all this other stuff. And here's the song. Thanks for coming. And, uh, that's the end of it, right? Unless, you know, Danny Schmitz bullies his way back on where I invite him as he needs me to point out anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, usually, it goes, you know, 15, 20, 25, and then that's it. Well, uh, Greg and I talked for an hour, and so it, it just flew right by. didn't even seem like it, and Danny and I went for about 40. Um, so, yeah, if, if none of that is your thing, if you, uh, I don't know, don't like to hear me interview people or have conversations, then this episode is not for you, and uh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, of course, if you don't like sports, then the second half is not for you either. Uh, but, yeah, we talked to Greg. And then played a song from his band, Here's to You. And that was really fun. The song's really fun, too. I'm a big fan of it. Um, he actually played guitar on it. Like, he was trying to remember, like, a part of the song. And he was doing the melody in his, uh, you know, with his face hole, like I do. Like I'm going to do when the song's over. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he actually just picked up his guitar. He was like, yeah, I had these chords, and he played it. And that's never happened before on the show. So I was very excited about that. And... Um, yeah, and even though we talked for an hour, there are things that we uh, didn't get to talk about. So, all right, let me do legal stuff before I forget. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll forget in five minutes when I do the end of the show part. But anyway, uh, thenextlevelnetwork.com is where you find all of our shows. Also, that's the Facebook, The Next Level Network. 
uh, The Spotlight with Ben Beck, TFD Nerdcast, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, you know the drill, all the things, Panels of Pixels, uh, Short Live Show Show, we're coming back at some point, I don't know, um, <laughs> I have no idea, uh, Lost, we have to go back, the Lost Revisited show recently made its return, and uh, all the other stuff, so uh, subscribe to all those shows so you never uh, you never miss one. And of course, I'm everywhere at the Meltic Pat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and .com. And if you go to the MelticPat.com this week, you will see my deep dive into Pokemon Red and Blue. Thanks to loyal listener slash reader Brian Amato. He made the suggestion. I spent several days on it. It was super fun. It's probably the longest piece I've ever written, and uh, I had a blast. So I hope you enjoyed as well. Um, and of course, suggest anything you'd like me to yell about, write about, or... Um, band you'd like me to play on the show there we go there's probably going to be a coin or two in there because i don't know how to speak all right um yeah that's that uh oh i got something at the end but uh you know what no if you skip the sports happy mother's day all right enjoy yourselves find a way to have some fun and um you know it's a weird time for everybody it's a tough time for some people so um to all you moms or uh, mom people mom-like figures uh everyone out there we all love you you're all fantastic and, uh, and have a wonderful day. All right? Do your best. There you go. That's for the moms who don't like sports. I'll do it again at the end in case moms are like, man, can you say something nice before we leave? Yes, I can. But for now, here is me talking to Greg Almeida. This was so fun. It went in so many different directions. And uh, and then we'll play Here's to You. And then, um, you know what? I'll come back and, and intro Danny here. And then uh, there you go. So here is me and Greg Almeida. Yeah, I mean, I'll get up at 5 a.m. on Saturday and put this all together, and I'll be like, man, this was a great idea. <laughs> Damn, I can't, can't relate unless I'm going for, like, a hike or something. Oh, hiking. You're you're a yeah, hiking guy? Not, this, I definitely am, yeah. Oh, my god. There's gosh. not much. Oh, yeah, it's the best, dude. That's my I can't even imagine. What, hiking? Yeah, I'm not, it's not, I don't see the appeal. I don't get it. Oh, it's, um, well, just being kind of closer to nature in that way is something I've always been a fan of, even even since I was a little boy, honestly. I uh, I was kind of given the, the nature thing early on, if that makes sense. Like, uh, when I was growing up, my parents had a camper on, like, a campground, and we would go up, like, every maybe two weekends a month or one weekend a month. And like I looked forward to that so much because I actually I made my first friend there, but also like I kind of like learned the ropes about building fires and like just I got to explore the woods and just I don't know. I've always I've always been very I've always felt very whole when I was kind of a bit more immersed in nature and not so caught up in the city life and not so disconnected from it like you know I, I always need to kind of reset even if it's in little doses or if I spend like weeks in the desert kind of like I did the other month or anything I don't know it's I've always just like want I don't know I don't want to forget like what the world has to offer besides what society gives us and you know commuting to work every day and then commuting home and then going to the bar and like you know stuff like that it, I do like doing that to a certain extent but it's always nice to just kind of you know go back to i don't know maybe it's not even going back but it's like 
it, it almost feels like a remembering your roots kind of thing, but it also doesn't because I wasn't like a nomadic little boy hunting and gathering. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, we all come from this earth, which is like sort of a crazy <laughs> mystery. And I don't know, we we all are we are nature just as much as I mean, as much as we don't think we are and we think we're separate from it. We're just one part of it. We're not like the end all be all kind of thing even though we are very like advanced in terms of everything else on this earth. That got really deep, um, sort of, but it's all good because I think about this crap every day. <laughs> Man, I was ready to crack some jokes about hiking and about horror movies and all this stuff, and you come in here and you oh. drop all the serious stuff to start. No, no, this is a better turn. I was not, <laughs> the jokes probably weren't going to be funny, so that's, this works out better that we well, start this way. <laughs> well, I also love horror movies, so, I mean, that's... Oh, sorry. If I'm not allowed to curse on this, I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, you are. Uh, you right. may be censored by the Super Mario coin sound, but yeah, go oh. ahead, let them fly. Oh, cool. I'll try not to add too many for you to edit in. It um, doesn't matter. It's a it's a simple copy and paste. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I um, I've just always been so connected to that stuff, so I I take it seriously. Um, it's, even though it's like so not a thing in many people's lives i really do take it seriously and i've only started to take it even more seriously in the past two or three years um so that's yeah that's really i guess that's as much as i could say on it without being asked more questions (laughs) (laughs) without going too deep you know oh my goodness yeah i uh we had a prop my family had property in maine up near portland and i love it up up there yeah, go up every uh, every summer and, you know, a nice uh, eight-hour drive. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, man, this is, like, there's nothing up here. It's, you know, it's a 10 by 12 shack on acres of just nothing. And, like, as an adult, I'm like, wow, that actually sounds kind of awesome to, like, unplug and get away. But when I was seven, I was like, wow, this is uh, this is not great, you know, outhouse and no real shower. And for some people, I'm sure like for you, that sounds like a paradise. But for me, I'm like, yeah, I need running water. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I love running water as much as the next guy for sure. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not like a total hippie boy and I don't need basic amenities every now and then. But I mean, I, I'm okay with roughing it. I've always been okay with roughing it. And that's why I think I've, fared pretty well on tour especially like diy touring which really is you know that there's there's nothing really figured out for you you kind of have to rough it or spend a lot of money um but yeah it's there's a lot a lot of points off to off what you just said because it's (laughs) it's this crazy concept where normally everyone kind of loses sight of it or doesn't really have sight of it when you're young but you i don't know a good thing about a lot of people is that they start to realize like as you get older, like, oh, like, there's so much beauty here and there's so much, um, it's very nice to be disconnected sometimes and process your thoughts and whatnot. I think I actually also was less, uh, fond of it as a kid because, um, I wasn't a young, young kid when we first started going up. I was more of like a, almost being a teenager, but not. And then, into my teenager years and like through my a little bit into my 20s I had kind of like an access access to a place upstate um I wasn't always like so primed to go up there because 
because it was so disconnected and I couldn't talk to my friends and all like the new relationships I was entering in at the time because like I feel like those years is when you start to be social and figure out how to be social and like kind of establish your little group if you're going to and uh it was weird for me. Sometimes it would give me anxiety be, to be so disconnected just to like see what would change. Uh, like even if we went, went up for a weekend just to see what would change when I came back from being upstate. That was like that was kind of weird. But, you know, as it as I got older and I, I started to learn more about myself, I started to appreciate the that that disconnection. And even though can change in two days or whatnot, like, you know, I have that peace of mind and that groundwork that can be done on myself with uh and especially especially in terms of writing music too you mentioned here's to you before um before we started the call i guess or maybe not but um a bunch of songs were worked on uh at my old upstate house for uh here's to you lp2 and um one of the main ones that was like mostly 90 percent done up there it's uh we're about to get a mix for it like tonight or tomorrow and it's like one of my favorite songs because it does sound very like earthy and organic and really nice and it it makes me connect and it just reminds me of other records that make me connect to nature in that way I guess and then like there's a whole other spinoff too which is kind of the the whole secret gardens project that I started is also inspired by like the same thing but that's a whole nother spinoff, but I'm sure you had things to say off of what I was saying and whatnot. Yeah, I got a couple of spinoffs. Um, actually, got a bunch just based on what you were talking about there. Okay, so let's start here. You said you love horror movies. Yeah. And are you, do you ever think about, because I'm not a big horror movie fan. My wife loves them. She's all about it. And That's uh, rad. It's it's great. She can have her horror movies. I'll watch my funny 80s stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, but I saw the movie The Strangers. Have you seen that? Yeah, uh, with the people in the masks who are outside of the house. Yeah, the the people go camping. And sorry, if nobody's seen The Strangers, uh, skip ahead for like three minutes because I'm going to spoil <laughs> it. So, yeah, they have the mask. They're like, oh, why would you do this to us? They torture the people. And they're like, oh, because you were home. I'm like, yep, I'm never yeah, going camping again. <laughs> yeah, it's just like unwarranted madness. I remember watching that movie um, or getting inspired to watch that movie because it was this was a long time ago when Haley Williams and Chad from uh, The Newfound Glory were dating. I saw them dress up as the Strangers characters from ho- uh, like on Halloween. So I was like, oh, yeah, crap, that movie. I want to go watch that. So I, like somewhere after Halloween on that year, whenever it was, I went and watched it. And I was like, wait, this is a good movie. It is a good movie. It, it scared the crap out of me from camping. Like, you know, you hear people oh, talk dude. about Jaws. And they never want to go swimming again after watching Jaws. Oh, my uh, that's favorite what... horror movie, bro. <laughs> my favorite horror movie. It's This scared the <laughs> out of me. As even I watched it in 2015 or 2014 for the first time. And it was very old by then. And it still scared the crap out of me. Was um, Oh, and I could I could spend an hour talking about this movie, too, just because I know I like researched about the uh, the background as to how it f- was filmed because it's so interesting. Uh, the uh, the Blair Witch Project, the first yes. one. Yes. Oh my god. Holy crap. Okay, we're gonna table this because I I may need to have you back for a Blair Witch episode. Oh, uh, dude, it, you, I do you... <laughs> love that movie so much. Wait, you say you don't like horror movies? What the? F- <laughs> dude, but but Blair Witch, it as the kids say, it hits different. It does. Uh, that movie's classic. 
classic, 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 and it's so scary, and it does so little, and the budget was like, what, like a couple thousand or less than a thousand dollars? It's insane. Well, oh, man, that movie's genius, though. All the people involved, genius. The director, genius. Uh, the, the, the short story is, for anyone who's listening, is that, like, they... I'm not going to explain the plot of the film, but the... The director basically gave them directions and general guidelines for each day of, like, their progressing story. And it's, it involves them, like, camping out in the woods and trying to find, like, the Blair Witch and blah, blah, blah. And, like, they just went along with the directions, but they didn't know how they were going to be scared or when they were going to be scared or what was going to mess with them in the middle of the night at the campsite. Like, oh, my God. Genius. Genius, genius, genius. And that movie is terrifying. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I think one day I'm gonna have to do a uh a breakdown of the movie and I'm gonna have to have you back for that because there yeah, we could dive into so many things. Yeah, I gotta watch oh that again. God. I haven't seen it in a long time since that first time, but it was so good. Book of Shadows is not very good. Um I've never seen that. And then they did a they did a third one that basically skipped over the second one. They're like, forget that one. Watch the first one and this one. So there are yeah. I think it's just called Blair Witch. The third, it came out okay. like four years ago. I think I might have seen bits of that. But, well, what's cool is, I mean, and this dives into another topic of horror that I love. I love horror games a lot. I do a lot more horror games than I do horror movies. Because I feel like I should watch movies with people. And I, well, obviously now I don't hang out with people as much. <laughs> but the uh, horror games are sick. And they actually made a Blair Witch horror game. Um, for I think it's on like Xbox One, and it's pretty it's pretty good. But I've played better for sure, but not bad, not bad. I know you're a big Last of Us fan, and I'm um oh dude, I think <sighs> about three hours into that, and I'm and I'm really enjoying it. Dude, the trailer for the second one dropped today. Don't don't watch anything about the second one. Don't. I honestly, they leaked so much of the second one, not like on purpose, but by accident, that I had to go on my Twitter timeline and mute uh. T L O U two like all the hashtags. And I had to just like completely erase it because I, dude, if I get spoiled on that game, I'm gonna kill someone. Um, <laughs> I seriously don't want to get spoiled on the, how that game ends. Like I, I don't want to know nothing. Like I don't care if people are happier. Like that that game has always been divisive. Like it's not gonna leave you feeling great or it's not gonna leave you feeling terrible. It's like I feel like some of the best art is polarizing. And please keep playing that game. There's so many good points. That that, that game was the first game, I think, to make me cry. And uh, I think some oh of the goodness. acting... Yeah, some of the acting is much better than, like, 90% of the movies I've ever seen. Like, the mocap, the voice act. It's so convincible, and it's so, like... It's movie quality. I feel like there's actual humans in this story. Like, forget the fact that they're renderings of a video game. Like, oh, so good. Too good. And uh, there's there's a HBO miniseries, I think, of The Last of Us being adapted, which is the sickest <laughs> ever because the the guy who did Chernobyl is going to do it, I think. Oh, my, that oh was all, okay. Yeah, did you see that miniseries, the Chern- Chernobyl one? Uh, no, it's on our list, but I've heard nothing but great oh, things. Oh, dude. It's, it's dark, but <laughs> it's good, for sure. It's definitely you don't dark, say. though. Yeah. Yeah, I, the way you feel about Last of Us, I feel like that about Life is Strange. It's just like oh okay. It's like I haven't been invested in video game characters in 
a very long time. And then I, I came across Life is Strange and I played it after it was already out. And so I was lucky I didn't get spoiled. And so I got, just got to play them, you know, one right after the other. And that is... Uh, okay, cool. I like games where your choices actually mean something to the story. And that's uh, that's a big part of Life is Strange. It's, it's fantastic. Like with uh, like it has multiple endings and like that. Uh yeah yeah like you oh cool yeah the way the what certain characters do uh, will depend on your choices from earlier in the game so it's a lot of uh, yeah and it'll come up and say like oh this choice will have consequences you know if whether you I don't want to ruin it if you in case you want to play it but yeah no I I've I've heard about it and I do want to check that out for sure what's it on. Uh, I've played it on PS3 when I first got it, but I think it's on Steam as well. All right, yeah, I still have my old PS3. I could probably pick it up. And it's pro- I think it's pretty cheap, too, because it came out like four years ago, three years ago, something like that. So you should be able to get them all uh, fairly inexpensive. In terms of horror, I just worked through the uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, and that was sick. That was really good. Did they make the controls any better than they had the first time? Because those controls... In that Resident Evil uh, 2 were horrendous. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's like a totally remade game. It's it's good. It's very good. It's oh, uh, nice. pretty streamlined and terrifying. Oh, man. Very good. See, I knew you were going to bring up Resident Evil 2. I knew, somehow I knew it. When you started talking about horror, I was like, he's gonna. he probably played Resident Evil 2. Well, they just dropped a Resident Evil 3, uh, the remake for that. And that was, I got to play that. But the first Resident Evil I played was Resident Evil 4 for the uh, for the Wii, actually. Because, oh, um, wow. Yeah, and it was a bit more horrifying to have to actually point and shoot everything. Um, it was fun, though. I had a good time playing it. And then you went back to an older one and you still had fun. That's good. Yeah, because they, well, they remade it and put it in all this modern graphics and Yeah, don't go back... To the re- to the original Resident Evil Two because the the controls are so janky and it's like what are, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. I kind of want to, but we'll see. Some of, some of those old games are fun to play because they're that hard, and like it's fun to play with people. You know, sitting on the uh, sitting on the couch with a friend playing it. Unfortunately, not now. It's a little ridiculous. Like we can't you know can't do a lot of stuff. So so how are you? Um, so a lot of your business is in the music industry so you're not really you're not touring you're not doing all that fun stuff so what is uh what's your big hobby in terms of uh this lockdown um my big hobby well got a couple things i've been trying to stay busy with uh day to day to day at least i have uh the whole secret gardens project that is something i'm pretty damn busy with i had a bunch of mixing to do before this started and i got a lot of work done on it and i've also started to just make some new tunes um for that project and i'm not so basically right before this started i had an entire ep written and like thematically it's all kind of one group of songs and i think i i have that done or i had that done um in terms of writing and, you know, I might add like little things here and there when I go to mix, but it's that's pretty much all done. And so now I know when I'm going to release that. But other than that, I'm st- I have all this time. So I'm still trying to create other stuff and just explore what kind of cool I want to make. Um, and then I, I, I've been collaborating with a couple of people that I've gotten like really 
really lucky to collaborate with um, in terms of not that not that EP that I'm talking about, um, but after like new songs I've been writing after that EP. So I'm kind of seeing where those collaborations go. Um, actually, one of them is going to be coming out at the end of the month or beginning of next month. And I'll have a bit more to say about that on social media when I get all my ducks in a row. So I've been doing that. And uh, I've been working for a few other clients remotely, like in terms of audio engineering, because I went to I went to school for that stuff. So I can kind of produce someone's song remotely if like I get some input from them and like work together. So I was doing that for one client. Now I got another one kind of just working on some stuff slowly day by day. I've been trying to get better at guitar, uh, which is a very long mountain yeah, to climb. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, dude, right? It's uh, I'm at a point where I feel like I've plateaued, but I haven't. And I don't know, like the ways I can get better now, I won't see right away at all. Um, It's weird. And I've also just been trying to, like I was talking about before, spend more time in nature, stay more connected, like spend more time outside, but not necessarily around other people, you know, spend out time outside where I can. But the good news is I think that like smaller, yeah, like smaller gatherings and one-on-one kind of things can resume a lot faster than, you know, concerts or anything like that. Like national parks, I think will open up a lot quicker than, oh, I mean, they, I think they are open, but Maybe they won't be as reduced capacity, like, you know, reduced, you know, whatever, whatever their limitations are due to the pandemic. I think they'll start to lift them a bit more, a bit quicker than like other stuff. And I know stores will open. I don't know. There's a lot of careful steps to be taken, but I'm hopeful that like the stuff I really love to do when I'm not doing music can still kind of continue because like. The fact of the matter is, like, touring and uh, my side job that I work when I'm at home is not going to be on for a long time because they both involve gatherings of thousands of people. Um, well, <laughs> not not touring, but my other job involved. I work at an arena, so it's like thousands of people every day in and out. So I don't know when the hell that's going to get back to uh, back to speed. But I don't know. I think there's going to be some gap between like small stuff and then when I can go back to work like someone who works in an office will go back to work a lot faster than me so it kind of sucks but I'm gonna try to take that gap of time and maybe maybe travel maybe do other that I really like keep working on music that I would have never got the chance to make or would have taken me a long time to make I don't know spend time with people I really love but that's that's all in the future right now. It's right now it's kind of still locked down. But you're finding ways to stay busy. So you're not one of these people who is, you know, complaining on Facebook about I got nothing to do. Yeah, I I definitely am not a complainer in any facet of life. I hate <laughs> complaining. Um and if I do complain, I want it to have like a really good purpose cuz Complaining without purpose or without getting something done for the greater good is just, I, I don't know. I just can't relate. It's just really not for me. And I tend to like, I try to not surround myself with people who do that all the time. Like it's natural and people get angry and I understand. But a heavy dose of that like really takes a toll on me. So I've noticed that as I've gotten older for sure. 
it gets to a point where it's just like, all right, we get it. You're unhappy with something, but you're also not doing much of anything to make it better. Like you're just sitting yeah. here stewing in your juices, as it were. Oh, it sounds gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just sitting here steaming, and it's like, oh, 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 being grumpy. I'm like, all right, but you know, you're not seven. You're 35. Get over yourself. Yeah, I know. I it, that's totally true, man. It's you'll be so much better, and you'll find so much more clarity and peace if you just don't. I don't know if you just, I don't want to say subject yourself to that because it's just humans and like, it's just human tendencies and it's, it's understandable and we've all been there, but the more you're aware of it and the less you try to do it and the less you try to surround yourself with it, you will see a huge positive improvement um, in almost like every facet of your life. That's part of the reason I've been doing this is because, well, I keep doing this is because I can get it out on the show. I could just do some yelling about something dumb. And then by the time I see people, if I see people, it's already gone and out and in the world. And I don't have to talk about it anymore because it's already, you know, if somebody hears it and likes it, that's great. If not, I don't really care that much. It's like, this is more for me if I need to do some yelling or I have something going on. And then I just get it out. It's in there. And then I don't have to talk about it with anybody else because I've already done it. Yeah, for sure. We all have our methods of therapy. I mean, I go to therapy too, and I, I complain, but I also try to like figure things out rather than just complain. Um, I'm always trying to figure out. I guess not that it'll ever all be figured out, but I'm always trying to make myself more aware of why X is Y. You know, X equals Y, or you know, silly like that. Yeah, or like, why can't I get this guitar scale down? Like, why am I still struggling back here? It's a, you talk that you're trying to get better. Like, I've been playing for probably half my life, and I'm at a point where I'm just like, all right, I'm good at these things that I need to do to, like, create my own music, but then there's this other level that I can get to, and I can make things a whole lot better, but I'm like, ah, yeah, how man. am I actually going to get there, though? It's like, it's such a, it's a process for sure. Yeah, it sucks. You have to slow. You have to play things at like half speed or even quarter speed to start out. Um, that's something I'm always tripped in, tripped up on. My alternate picking sucks, and or and like it's better than a beginner or maybe a novice, but it's not where I want it to be. I think it sucks. I want to just get better at like my speed on guitar. Not that I always need to be playing fast or anything, but. I want to be able to have all those tools in my arsenal just to make like the best stuff I can make. And I don't want to be roadblocked if something, if a part's too fast for me or something like that. Yeah. Cause in your head, you're just going, you got the riff down like, but then like you can't, I don't know why you're playing something like that, but you know, this is your thing. But then when you pick up your guitar and you try to do that and you have to play it, you know, at super reduced speed, it's like, oh man. Like, this is super frustrating. I just want to throw yep. everything and, and just, I don't know, move on to something else before I get, you know, too wrapped up in it. But it's just like, it's a process. But once you can get to a point where you're like, oh, man, I actually did the thing. It's super satisfying. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I look at some stuff I was learning five years ago and I could play it pretty cleanly now. But there's sometimes, I think a lot of my problem is like, I just can't play clean sometimes. Like, I just have a total brain fart on playing a part cleanly when it's a simple ass thing I know. And it's all like about your mindset and how you, I don't know how, 
how much I'd like hype it, things up that I'm about to play. Like if I move over to another chord, it's like, why am I overthinking it? If I if I just look away and I enjoy it, I usually end up playing it a lot better. But yeah, that's that's I've gotten a lot more um, nuanced with how I play on recording. And like I'll do a million takes until I feel like it's played right, but I'll play it for someone else in the room and they'll be like, there's no difference. And I'll be like, dude, yes, there is. Oh, my God. It sounds completely different the way it's played. And it's it's I think it's annoyed anyone I've ever been in a band with or worked with. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I just want to be happy with my my performance on stuff because like we have ideas of how it should sound and then when it comes out in your head it's like okay this sounds like this to me like this part sounds like garbage and you go play it for somebody else and you're like oh that sounds pretty good all right and you're just like no it no it doesn't no yeah i can imagine we can be you know musicians in general can frustrate people who aren't on the same i don't want to say the same page because you might be you know as far as the song goes, but like the style of what you're putting out is like, yeah, somebody could see it a little bit differently and it just kind of throws you off. It's uh, it can be frustrating for sure. Oh yeah, I would agree. <laughs> just, res- you just resign, resign yourself to, uh, to where it is. So, so have you ever had an issue like that where you have something come out, like you have a guitar part and you, you know, put it in the song and you're like, ah, I don't really like it. But the other person like loves it so much that you end up using that take. Uh, do you, so? Do you mean like just the way I played the take wasn't to my liking, or like it was a completely different part and melody, and someone else liked it better? Um, either or, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. So I've had a couple times where like one of my bandmates was like, "Wait, don't change that. That's fine." Like, but I'm like, "Dude, no, I don't." I don't think that sounds the best. Like, I think I could sound better to where you are happy with it and I'm happy with it. Or so it, but if it's something where it's like, it's the same, it's not the same like melody and part, but it's like a different melody or like an accident, like a happy accident. I'll always listen to that. I'll be like, you know what? Like maybe that is like the better route to go. Like if I hit a, if I hit a different note, like still in key, that I didn't mean to hit, but I hit it and it sounds good. Like I'll roll with that. I love happy accidents. That's like one of my favorite things about recording. It's great when you can just throw something in, like it doesn't even mean to be there, but it ends up tying a part together. Like, especially if you're stuck on something and you're just like, Oh, how about I try it like this? And then you just hit that one note where you're just like, Oh God damn it. That's it. I've been doing this for three weeks and I finally got it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I get that with a lot of fast stuff, like like Chan. When I try to learn Chan riffs, I'm like, God damn it. Like, how do they play so fast? All their songs are so fast. And then I always have to learn, like, half speed and then build it up. And even Dance Gavin Dance, like, I love a lot of their guitar work. And when I learn their stuff, sometimes Will Swan plays, like, abnormally fast. And I'm like, dude, come on. What the hell? Like, how, did, how is that someone's just, like, natural way to go? I've, I don't know. I need to just, I need to get like a faster brain. It's weird. I need to like rearrange my brain to be able to just instantly play faster or like be more geared towards playing faster. I'm sure there's technology out there. You could probably go in for, I mean, not right now because, you know, virus, but when this is all over, you can probably have some kind of uh, elective procedure and they can go in and rewire <laughs> your head. 
right? I think I'm, I don't think I'm down with that. I hate hospitals and like surgery and doctors and I don't, I don't hate doctors. I mean, like they help you out and you know, I've been to doctors, but like anytime I can avoid going to the doctor, I do because it just, they skeeve me out. I get like a lot of anxiety. Needles too. It sucks. Wow, this just in. Greg hates doctors. Wow, that's unbelievable, man. You yeah, know, cancel of all the things that you were gonna you were gonna drop on the show. I did not think that'd be one of them. Cancel all doctors everywhere forever. <laughs> they're all they're all worthless. No, I'm kidding. God bless oh doctors. God. God bless God bless healthcare workers. All those people, especially right now. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I, I and I even more props because like if I hate it and I don't want to be around it. You guys, like, you're normally around it, and that's worse enough. But, like, now there's, like, a pandemic where people are dying, like, every few minutes. You're, like, hear the, hearing these crazy stories of, like, oh, I had f- five people die on me before lunch. Like, how do you deal with that? I, do- I straight up don't know how that's even humanly possible, like, without just walking out and never going back in again. It's crazy. Yeah, like, how do you just go on to the next one after you've had that? Like, how do you... How do you go on to the I, next patient I don't know. and then like have lunch later in the day? Like, how do you even? Yeah, like how do you even like wanna? How do you even wanna eat like lunch or anything? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, how do you even want to do anything else after that? Like, you know, we couldn't do the thing we wanted to do, and it's like straight up. Ah, yeah, God damn it! But straight they have, up, you know, our brains are not wired that way, and and people are out here f- protesting. Oh my god, these people are so f- stupid. It's just, it's a whole mess, and they're, you know, Jesus they're talking about to the inject disinfectant and see uh, how that works, and we got it. We need a haircut, and like, uh, yeah, like, dude, the, oh <laughs> we need a haircut, and it's like, oh my god, I, I, I could go on forever talking about this, but I'm sure no one wants to hear it. I'm sure there's plenty of people who agree that protesting a virus is the dumbest ever, and like. Yeah, I get that people want to go back to work and the economy and whatnot, but like. <sighs> we have to reach a point where we can do it all safely and we're not there yeah. yet. That's that we can put a bow on that. Like we have to just uh, get to a point where we can do it, you know, without wrecking everything. And then we can do it until then. We just kind of have to hold out. Watch the Blair Witch. Yeah, for sure. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> like the second I want to complain about something. I try to think of, for example, a healthcare worker who's, I mean, my cousin is one. She's in Philly. I don't know where you are, but um, she's in Philly. And it's I'm not, in Philly. Oh, okay, cool. I thought you were in Philly. Um, it's not as bad there as it is here, but it's just like, think about those people and what they're dealing with before you tr- like open up your mouth. I get that everyone has a voice and it's totally your right to say anything you want to say, but like, does it really f- matter sometimes? Think about what you have to say and when it's A, expressing emotion just to express it or B, like expressing emotion to invoke a positive change, even if it's a negative emotion. That's really like such a fundamental factor of life. I feel like like if you don't want to invoke some sort of positive change with whatever you're expressing that's negative, like just don't say it. Just deal with it get a therapist and move on like i don't know maybe that's tough uh or like a bit aggressive but i don't know i mean not every thought you have needs to be immediately verbalized yeah. or sent out to the universe that, right yeah you know, just, i agree uh, you don't have to 
you know, let everybody know everything all the time. I mean, yeah, we have these wonderful uh, tools where we can do that, but, you know, maybe use some discretion and don't be such a jerk. Don't be a d- The fundamental rule of life. <laughs> there it is. That's, I mean, that's, it's really simple, but a lot of people don't, uh, don't follow it. Uh, all right, so you mentioned there were a couple other things that I was going to talk about, but I threw them out because we were having too much fun. No, I don't um, care. Go ahead. You mentioned your Secret Gardens. Uh, the first EP was wonderful, and I think uh, I like to judge songs based on if I think they could work in a baseball video game, and I think I thought every one of that first EP could go in there. I'm like, that's that's my, like, for some reason, that's my benchmark. Wow. If I can picture it. In a baseball video game, I think it's a great song. Wow! And so, <laughs> um, I know that's weird, right? That's uh, keep going. I'm I'm, I'm loving this. Uh, <laughs> so I loved all of those. Like you know, you I can picture myself flipping through menus or making my guy or going through going through the season, whatever. Um, and I could just hear that in the background and just be chill. And I I feel like I don't want to get my hopes up for the second one in case you went in a different direction. Um, yeah. but how many, how many baseball video game songs will I hear on part two? Part two, you mean season two? Season two, sorry. Yeah, whatever, yes. whatever you want to, it doesn't matter. So the, the first one is, uh, the Portuguese word for summer, Vedal, which is, um, which a lot of those songs were kind of written by. And I spent this past winter making the next one, um, after going through some really traumatic sh- the past year, because um, 2019 is arguably the worst year of my life in terms of everything I've been dealing with and have dealt with oh, and no. I'm still dealing with right now, actually, pandemic aside. But I kind of had to process that all and turn it into something. Otherwise, I was going to explode. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I it, it's longer. It's better sounding i think now um than the last one because i kind of got a little bit better at mixing and stuff but it's it's not over yet it might sound it might still sound worse you never know (laughs) but um baseball video games it's crazy to imagine it from that lens because well a i don't play many baseball video games and b i didn't (laughs) i didn't initially think of the entire project to be on a baseball video game what can <laughs> can I ask a, a little context question? What's like some other stuff on a baseball video game, like other artists or tracks or like requisites, prerequisites, criteria, whatever? Well, older ones used to do a lot of alternative rock and punk stuff. Like I learned, I discovered Thrice through a baseball oh, video game. I just saw them like two months ago. They're f- great. Oh, man. Oh, so they're so good. Um, yeah, I discovered them through there and then sometimes I'll throw out some seventies and eighties stuff. Uh, but yeah, like in, let's see, probably from Oh three to Oh seven or so a lot of like baseball games and Madden and stuff like that. Like their soundtracks were rock and punk stuff from the time. And so I got a lot of my catalog, like rise against was in a couple of them and I love rise against. I love them. They're the first band I ever saw live technically. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, stuff like that. Um, I don't know why those are the only two that stick out in my head right now. But um, yeah, they like the soundtracks were, I mean, they were awesome. And a lot of that stuff was stuff that I ended up being really into. Okay. So, 
Well, yeah. So, does that answer your question? Kind of, Sorry. <laughs> kind of, because I, the, a lot of the tracks on Vader were like they're driving, like they aren't soft. They're soft at times, but the overarching theme is not soft. And they are driving. They have drum parts. They're like you know, some parts are like chuggy. Some parts are super jammy. I get it. Um, yeah, and in that in that scope, I think that the second one most tracks are like that, but not all are like that. Um there's there's definitely some more toned down parts to kinda to go with some of the more uh somber emotions I've kind of felt in the past six months to a year. I guess that if that makes sense. So there's a couple more I guess it it's hard to say because some of the softer moments maybe maybe replace the word somber with softer. Some of the softer moments are like kind of happy and some of the softer moments are kind of brooding and not too nice sounding. So yeah, but the overarching theme of the whole EP is like yeah, there's still drum parts and guitar parts and like it's still you can still bang your head to a bunch of parts on it, but a lot more embellishment and atmosphere. I mean, there was plenty of atmosphere in the last one, but I think I might have dug it a little bit deeper, especially into myself. Um, I'm like halfway done with mixing it, and I'm I'm really proud of it so far, but I still have some some ways to go. That's awesome. All right, so I was going to ask you about a release date, but you're still working on it, so I won't uh, um, I won't pry. I definitely the process is. I definitely don't want it to come out in the summer. <laughs> And okay. <laughs> I don't want it to come out in the spring. So sometime when the weather's cold, I'll I'll leave you to that. For that for that body of work at least. Um Fair enough. But for for other bodies of work, yeah, you know, the sky's the limit, I guess. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. So you have uh several projects that you're juggling all at the same time. You have the Secret Gardens, you have Vista, of course, you have uh, Here's to You, That's a, we're going to play them in a bit. Um, how do you keep all that stuff straight? Like when you go into to write something for one of these projects, do you sit down and have to focus just on that or you just start writing and see where something fits? It's actually, if it feels, a lot of people get this question and it feels simpler than uh, the question leads on because it does kind of seem stressful when you think about that but i basically always i always have some idea whenever i'm writing sometimes i don't have it all figured out but like whatever i start with whether it's a vocal melody or a riff or like a whole a lot of times i'll actually hear the entire song in my head and all of its parts but it's just trying to recreate it from my head to like audio so that's crazy but um, I'll usually know what kind of genre or like what little funnel it will fall into, but that's not a hundred percent. I've had some ideas that have crossed over between projects. It doesn't happen often, but I generally know like, okay, this is something darker. It would sound better on a Vista song. Okay. This is something like moody, but still kind of indie rock. It would sound good on a here's to you song, or this is something more atmospheric and ambient and it could be developed into a secret garden song um sometimes actually mo- most times i kind of just know by uh 
I just know by the first couple riffs and things I make up, I guess. Because I'll already have like a predetermined whatever. So I seldom ever like have ideas that fall outside of that. But if I do, I try to like work with someone to kind of blend it into those projects or make it a song for somewhere else, someone else. Oh, that's awesome. That I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but somehow that answered the question. <laughs> like, <laughs> tried my better, best. Better than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where I thought that was going to go, but it's all good. You know, we've gone in some wonderful directions in the last however long we've sat here together. And it's been, it's it been doesn't awesome. even feel like we've been sitting here for that long. You can chat to me about whatever. I mean, I'm going to have to have you back for Blair Witch at some point, probably in the fall. Yeah. Uh, just because, yeah, now that I learned there's someone else who loves that movie as much as oh, I do. Oh, such a good movie. Oh, man. Wow, this is going to be so great. Um, okay. I was going to, I want to ask you about Here's to You because that's the one. Uh, well, I don't think I've played Secret Gardens on the show yet. All right. When the next uh, season comes out, I'll put that on here. But yeah, for sure. Do that. Uh, do that this, this cold weather season. I, but I have something, uh, I have something else dropping at the end of the month and the beginning or I think the beginning of next month, beginning of June. Um, and it's not it's not the next season. It is uh, it's still it's still summery feeling. You'll see you'll see what I mean. But it's really cool. And I got to work with someone that like I admire on it. So. But yeah, I haven't played any. I've played plenty of Vista on the show. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that no one has sued me over this because I didn't actually get permission. So <laughs> just, just kind of did it. She put up, uh, I think Hope put up something like, oh, we need people to, prom- to promote our stuff. It'd be great. And I was just like, all right. And I just put it on the show and nobody's come after me. So I'm really happy about that. Oh, just you wait. I got lawyers on speed dial, baby. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Why did I even bring it up? For sure, uh, <laughs> play "Here's to You." What's your uh, What's your favorite "Here's to You" track? What track are you gonna play? I was gonna play "Cool Enough," so I want to hear all about it. I want to hear how it how it came together, what the process was like. Uh, how much do you love it? Okay, wow, dude, this is like I love that you're asking about this because no one, I feel like no one like a cares about it or b uh, it's a skipped over track. But I actually we love that song. Uh, we think that song is super dope. It's not like the A number one here's to you song, the pinnacle here's to you song, but it's definitely a song that we uh we went back and forth being really passionate about it and like forgetting about it. But something about that kind of like intro like that always got stuck in our heads. Um how that song came to be well. I think I went to the band with that, like, first minute of the song, with the, um, the, actually, I have a guitar right here, but it's not acoustic, just that, those chords, and then the, the melody over it, the, and I was like, wow, that fits really well over each other, it sounded moody, for sure, and, like, it was about something not uh not happy but something a bit more like pensive and i think we were going through a member change at the time this was probably like five years ago i wrote this song or like we wrote this song but 
like when I first had the initial idea for it and brought it to them. So I always, not always, I was inspired at the time to kind of write about that feeling of like, you know, like when someone's just too cool for you and you feel like you're kind of left in the dust and you feel like, I don't know, you feel like the, the reverberations of someone being like an elitist or like, I don't know, just thinking that they're on this higher platform than you when it's like, I don't know, it doesn't have to be like that. But yeah, it's definitely a song about going your separate ways with someone and um try like still trying to make it work, but you know, it's it's kind of sad. It has a sad overtone because it's not um it's not something you necessarily wanted to happen, but there you are kind of dealing with it and like doing the best you can. I really like the the bridge of that song, the the embers still burn in my head i always try to think of it different i forgot what the next lyrics are but yeah i take time and each time i go through it i know that doesn't sound like it means a lot to me right now but it actually does um (laughs) embers still burn in my head i always try to think of it different i take time and learn about myself each time i go through it yeah good good um I don't know. I think there's that song's just a life lesson that we've all learned at one point and that I definitely learned because um, it sucks feeling like someone's like outgrown you and is too cool for you when you don't think you really did anything wrong or bad. But yeah, that's pretty much the overarching theme of that song. I'm trying to think if there's any other little cool facts. Oh, we had like so many mixes of the song. It took a while for it to sound right. And uh, who knows, it may even sound better. We could reapproach it and re-release it. I don't know. I don't I don't actually think anything like that's going to happen soon. But yeah, it, it took a while to get this one to kind of sit where it sat. But I imagine it being really fun live. We obviously can't play a show right now, but when we do play a show, I would like to play it. Um, like if we have like a full headlining kind of show deal where we could play as many songs as we want. Wait, have you never played it live? No, we haven't actually. We have played one show since releasing the uh, the first EP and or uh, you know phase one and phase two of Wonder Wander, because Vista's been so busy and the guys all have like kind of full time things that they're working on. So, and we also like you can't play too often, otherwise no one will come out because they feel like they're you're like readily available. It's like economies of supply and demand almost. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll see you the next time they come yeah. to town. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You you already know how it is. <laughs> so um, yeah, we got a good opportunity this past uh, Christmas to play with our friends in Patent Pending, you know, at our home venue. And yeah, we we killed it. We sounded great. I thought, and it was fun as hell. And yeah, it's just like a whole Long Island fest of homies. And I'm glad we got. To, I'm glad we waited to play until then because it was like a good comeback show, and people were like, oh. I didn't know you guys were still a band. Like you guys sound awesome now. But like it was, it was, it was nice seeing everyone. It was like a huge homie fest. Oh man, that is fantastic! And I hope that when this is all over, that you get to uh, experience something like that again. Yeah, hopefully we're gonna. I think the goal is to play like a proper record release or some kind of show that we kind of put on ourselves or co-headline with like a friend's band, so that we can like really play all the songs we want to play and just like have a great time and like play with other bands that 
you know, we've wanted to play with for a while, like around Long Island and stuff. If you make your way down here, I will certainly go to the show. Awesome. And then we can hang out and high five each other and talk about the Blair Witch or something. It'd be great. As long as there's no coronavirus, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would love to play Philly for sure. I think I don't remember if you played Philly before. Um, back in the day when we used to like be more like readily active, but we probably might have. That's oh, this is wait. I think here's to you did play Philly once. Yeah, a long time and ago. I missed it. It was a long time ago, bro. It was like ten years ago or more. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Here's to you has been a band for a long time. These are my friends from okay. high school, essentially, and my my cousin Stefan is in the band. Oh, so you'll just be together forever, and you'll come back around yeah. whenever you're all ready to do the thing. Honestly, yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't, and I, I, yeah, it took a while to find Mike, our bass player, but, like, I feel like he's in the same boat. Like, there's no le- there's no reason for your suit to ever not be a thing. It's just always going to be, like, we're busy, and it's dormant, but then it comes back and whatnot. It's always going to be there, because I always love making music with those guys. Um, You know, Charlie, Mike, and Stefan, I think we are truly you know, uh, capable of making something awesome all the time, you know, like no matter when or what situation, but yeah. That's awesome. Also, I love that you, uh, kind of scattered your way through the, uh, through the song. We got some guitar playing on. Cause after I play the song on the show, what I will do is like, if there's a fun riff, I will just make the noise with my face afterward and it'll <laughs> just be really fun for probably me and no one else. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> It's one of the most fun things about getting to play music on this show is that when it's over, like, oh, thanks for the song. And I'll just, like, I'll just get to riff on it. And it's, I don't know. I don't know if anybody actually hears it or cares, but it's super fun for me. <laughs> well, that's that's all that matters. Have you ever had anyone hit you up and be like, hey, I found this music on your show and it's sick. Thank you. Um, No, not yet. Damn. Well, hopefully ours is the first time. That would be nice. I mean, it depends. You know, if somebody's out there and wants to uh, wants to do that, that'd be great. I'm I have a wealth of independent bands that I can uh, direct you to. It's been fantastic. I've been playing stuff on the show pretty much the whole time. Just finding them on Twitter or finding them. They like find me on Instagram or whatever. It's pretty fantastic that I get to do this. Well, yeah. I mean, freaking don't stop doing it. I mean, I'm I'll post <laughs> about this when it comes out for sure. Oh, why? Thank you. I appreciate that. And. uh Greg, this was this went in so many wonderful directions. I had honestly, I had three things written down for this, and we went in so many wonderful courses. This was so fun. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's what I was saying on Twitter. Like, I want to be on more people's podcasts and shows now that we all have this free time. Like, I could shoot the <laughs> with anybody. I feel like you know, and we'll find something interesting to talk about. So I was like, hell yeah, man! Like, let's chat. I mean, we just went for about an hour, so yeah, I would well, say uh, we done good. <laughs> yeah, we either done goofed or we done good. And really, it doesn't matter, because the show's going to go up either way. <laughs> well, hell yeah, dude. Well, sure, we'll have to uh, have another conversation at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Blair Witch is penciled in for September, October, and then maybe by then Secret Gardens uh, Season 2 will be out, so we'll be able to throw that on there, and that'd be just all kinds of fun as well. Who knows? To be determined. Oh, it's going to be fun no matter what. But friends, uh, we're going to play a song. Here's to you. It's called Cool Enough. They're at all the places on the... I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not going to 
worry about it right now. But here it is. Uh, so we'll play this for you and come back and do I don't even know what here inside the Melting Pad on the Next Level Network. there you have it. My thanks to Greg Almeida. I hope his Uncle Tony is proud. And of course, to here's to you for the tune. That song again called Cool Enough. That was so much fun. There you go. See, I told you. Oh, that's so fun. I get to do that. That is so great. Uh, but yes, thank you, Greg. That was God damn, that was fantastic. Uh, again, went in so many different directions that I did not um, did not expect, but it was a great time. And I also never thought that I'd have to explain um, why I think songs being in baseball video games is such a high mark. But, uh, I, I, you know, Greg asked, and I feel like I blew the answer. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, I guess, you know, I spent a lot of time in those uh, in those games on the menus and doing all the stuff in there that, you know, the soundtrack has to be good enough where I'm going to enjoy it. Otherwise, the experience is, uh, you know, it's a bummer. So 
There you go. That's a more concise. That's a better answer, I guess. But uh, but there you go. Here's to you, band, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think all, they're all the same. So go do the thing. Check them out. And uh, Wonder Wander Phase 2. You can stream it on Spotify. You can get it with where you get your things and stuff. And uh, and there you go. Awesome. Can't wait to have Greg come back, uh, mainly so I can watch the Blair Witch Project again and have somebody to talk about it with who appears to love it as much as I do. So there you go. All right. So that is part one, guest number one. On to round two. My good friend Danny Schmitz uh, at Yes at My Invitation returned to the show. We talked about episodes five and six of the, I don't know why I had to think about that. We just recorded it yesterday. Um, <laughs> of the last dance, talking about doubles. And this was a lot of fun. Uh, there is one sound clip. I, I didn't have time because I uh, ended up listening to them like an hour before we recorded. So I didn't have time to pull out the sound clips. There is one. It's Charles Barkley, and it is not safe for work toward the end. So, yeah, I thought I was going to be able to do that again. But, you know, things don't always work out as they should. All right? All right. So here's me and Danny Schmitz going all in on The Last Dance, Episodes 5 and 6. We've talked about it before, how there's no continuity in this show at all. This, even you said you noticed it. Like, this was the worst um, instance of it that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, it was all over the place. Just no rhyme or reason. I read, somebody said it on Twitter, what they could have done and maybe should have done is done all this lead up stuff in the first, like, four or five episodes and then the last half of it just cover the 98 season. They probably could have rolled with that, right? Yeah, I mean, that would have made sense to me. I mean, it's still great. Like, I'm still enjoying the hell out of this. But it would be, you know, maybe a little more um, cohesive if we just kind of stuck to a timeline. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it kind of keeps it, you know, keeps it fresh and interesting. Like, oh, we're jumping back. I'm really glad they do that, like, timeline segue things. And you're like, okay, now we're going. Like, they tell you, like, we're going right back to 92 or 88 or, you know. So we know exactly where we are. Yeah, without that, this would be a complete confusing train wreck disaster. Oh, I, w- I think I would hate this overall if they just jumped around without telling us what they were doing. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that'd be rough. That would be so bad. But we started with the 98 All-Star Game, and it's you know Madison Square Garden, which for a lot of people is uh, a mecca of sorts of... You know, um, Jordan himself has said it's the mecca of basketball. Uh, Vince McMahon says it's the mecca of WWE. So, you know, it's uh, a good place to start, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Madison Square Garden. The world's most famous arena. And they have some great nachos. You know what? I lived lived in New York for four years, and I never went to an event at Madison Square Garden. Kind of disappointed in myself for that. Did you live in the city, or would it have been a, a travel thing to get there? I lived on Long Island, but, you know, it's just a train ride in. The train drops you right off underneath Madison Square Garden, right on Penn oh, Station yeah. there. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it would have been no problem. In fact, I was going to go see a Bucks versus Knicks game, and for whatever reason, something got messed up, and it ended up going. And that was the game that Giannis hit the buzzer beater, right, in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, God damn it, I could have been there for that, but. I mean, of course, like the game that you miss that you can't go to for whatever reason is is always (laughs) the greatest game of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, damn it. I could have been here. That's always how it works. Oh, I had a ticket and something. And then it's, you know, 
they win the pennant or they win whatever. Like yeah, it's something it's, crazy. Triple overtime. It was incredible. Oh my god. Oh, you miss a triple overtime game because of some. Oh, that if it's a friend who did that to you, never talk to that friend again. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't triple overtime, but it was the last second shot that Giannis hit at the buzzer to win it. And uh, I should have oh, been what there. What a bummer. Should have been there. What a bummer. So uh, let's go back to 1998. Let's try to <laughs> try to move back from you. I don't want to dwell on your sadness over here. Um, yeah. I just said, I set a, a, a negative tone for the whole rest of this show now. <laughs> so we're, I, I love the 98 um, all-star photos. And uh, I was recognizing some of the players in there. Dikemi Mutombo mm-hmm. in that uh, in that scrap there. Reggie Miller, our favorite. We've talked about him. Oh, I love and Reggie. one who jumped out at me was Antoine Walker. And the reason he jumped out at me was because he was on the cover of NBA Live 99, which is probably my favorite and not NBA Jam game that there is. Yeah, that was a great game. NBA Jam's on another level. Let's let's get serious. Well, that's like the ultimate, most quotable video game of all time to this day. <laughs> I think just today I was in a writing session on Skype and we came up with a line and I'm pretty sure I said boom shakalaka. And that is right from NBA Live. Or no, uh, NBA Jam. NBA there you game. go. Yeah. That's, oh man, that's nice. He's on fire is a popular one for me too. It's just... Yep. You can always find places to use those. Yeah. Is it the shoes? <laughs> it's got to be the shoe. No, Moss. <laughs> it's got to be the shoes. Oh, that game. <laughs> that commercial, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that commercial. Good times. Is it the hair? No, Moss. <laughs> I-, I like to think that there were 78 takes on that commercial. And they used one and like, let's try one more, see if we can get it. And Jordan is just furious having to say this over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like at one point he's like, hell, no, Mars, it's not the goddamn shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't paying me enough for this. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> yeah, actually. Good point. Uh, oh, before we get to the shoes, um, they showed Kobe talk about MJ and how kobe was you know he was the new kid in 98 he was a teenager and mike in the locker room was like this guy's just gonna take it he's gonna make everything one-on-one he's gonna take the game he's gonna he's gonna do it so jordan really did a did a good job putting over kobe i thought oh yeah yeah i mean it's it was kind of interesting to see his reputation amongst the other players when he first entered the league they kind of thought he was just kind of this ball hog show off kid who was going to, you know, live and die by a one-on-one ISO plays. So it was kind of, it was kind of interesting. I didn't know that that was his perception around the league in the beginning, at least. I mean, were they wrong, really, though? Oh, no, they weren't wrong. <laughs> they weren't wrong. <laughs> he did it. And then he, he had to say, he's like, yeah, listen, I don't, people are like, oh, man, you could beat MJ one-on-one or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but I don't get any of that without him. So I thought I thought that was really cool to hear him say that. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm not sure that he could beat MJ one-on-one, but he's humble enough to say that however good he was, which is really damn good. Kobe's definitely one of the greatest to play. But Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Give, give Jordan the credit. It was pretty cool. I mean, even though this was a documentary that Jordan's company was in on so of course you're going to see a lot of positive Jordan stuff which I thought was funny because I um who was it Ken Burns was saying no I'm not watching it because 
Jordan's company's in on it, so it's probably trash because it's all, you know, it's all going to be positive Biased. Jordan. We're not going to yeah. see the, the bad stuff. Yeah. They have a little bit of the bad stuff in there, but but not really. I mean, it's, That's a fair point, though. Yeah. Like Jordan's company being involved in this kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe we're not seeing everything, but we're seeing enough that's really interesting anyway. I'm really entertained by it, and I'm looking forward to, you know, Sunday night again. My, I was a little nervous with this podcast today because I watched the those two episodes. I think Sunday night or Monday, and then I'm like, oh, that was like four days ago already. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't watch them fresh like the last couple of weeks. But I didn't see them until later in the week, and this time I was all excited and I watched them right away. And I'm like, oh man, I should have probably reviewed before I came on. Uh, I usually watch them on you know Monday or Tuesday, but I watched them an hour ago. So, oh, so, <laughs> so you're fried. You're you're gonna really take the lead this episode. I'm gonna <laughs> sit back and listen to you go. Oh, uh, man, it it must be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes, right? <laughs> got got to be. It's got to be the shoes. I didn't know that he wanted to be Adidas. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That was fun to learn, and then I love that his mom made him go, like made him get like you get your ass on that plane. You go listen to what they have to say because they're going to offer you some money. So you go down and sit down with them, Michael. You go goddamn do that. I'm like, that's that's a mom right there. One of the greatest decisions he ever made. Not to say if he would have had an Adidas deal, Adidas wouldn't have gotten super popular too, but I don't know. That Nike endorsement, that was a winning team right there. It sure is. It's not like Adidas is not super popular anyway, but like right. Nike is another level with these with these Jordans, man. Have you ever owned a pair of Jordans, by the way? Yes. Oh wait, of course you have. Why wouldn't you? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I have I have owned uh I think two pairs of Jordans. They were too expensive for me growing up, so I know I didn't really own too many of them, but uh in my adult life, I've purchased, I think, two different pairs. But I don't know, like, what models or what years or whatever. I just know that they were they were Jordans. Dude, are those the Jordan 11s? Dude, yeah. Dude those are awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not that big of a shoe guy, but I, I have purchased a couple Jordans. I did like those Jordan 1s, though. Those were nice. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Like, if you would have, if I would not have known they were called Jordan 1s if nobody told me. Sure. Yeah, and I can't even picture them in my mind right now. I don't even know what the Jordan one looks like <laughs> off the top of my head. Standard, you know, red, white. I don't need to explain it. It's on the thing. Red and black? Yeah, there's. it's more white than black on it, I thought. Oh, okay. But, I mean, they were nice. Yeah. I love that he wore them when he played that game in Madison Square Garden. And he's like, yeah, man, it's going to be great. I'm going to wear these old shoes because I wore them the last time I played here or the first time I played here. He's like, God damn, my feet are killing me. Yeah. It's like <laughs> shoe technology has come a long way. <laughs> I could not even imagine being in that much pain and still dropping like 30 points. Yeah. Man, Jordan was incredible. Every every episode there's like highlights and, and certain like in-game situations, and I'm like, that dude is just one of a kind. Yeah, how great. Like we, I, we said this already, but we grew up in a great time to just be like sports fans, because in basketball you had Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. In baseball, Ken Griffey Jr. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, who was the who was like the big NFL standout at that in the nineties? Mm, oh, Troy Jesus. Aikman, maybe, and Adam yeah, Smith. would would have been the Cowboys. Ugh. Brett Favre and the Packers. Brett, 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 Brett Favre. Oh yeah, he's in some trouble lately, though. Is he? Have you seen that? 
No. Yeah, he's uh, he's got to pay back like one point one million to. Oh, uh, for some, those like speaking engagements, he didn't show up to. And or, he didn't go, and he took like welfare money or something like that, and it, like federal welfare money or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, I did read something about that. That's right. You goddamn Wisconsin people up there, scamming the welfare system. That's all we do. <laughs> if you're going to be experts at one thing, I don't. I mean, you might as well go big, right? Go big or go home. Although I'm not one of those because I haven't even received my stimulus check yet. I'm still waiting on that. Oh no! Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, dude, we got ours weeks ago. Yeah, most people I know. Well, not most people. I, I'd say half and half. Half the people I know have gotten them already a while ago, and the other half are like me, waiting for it. You got to wait for him to mm-hmm. sign that check, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we got to wait for the reprint with his name on it. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so many things I want to say right now. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's, oh, it's gross. It's so gross. Oh, man. So uh, Jordan started this whole like sneakerhead fashion, not more than fashion, like collecting thing that happened. And I'm just like, it's, it's insane. Like, we, have, you, um, have you seen The World According to Jeff Goldblum? No. No. Uh, all right, it's on Disney Plus. But I love Jeff Goldblum. If you don't have Disney Plus, get Disney Plus okay. and watch the world according to Jeff Goldblum because I think it's the second episode. He does a whole thing about sneakers and he goes to a sneaker convention and how much money these people pull in and all these collectors. It's insane how big mm. sneakers are. Just like you know, things I put on my feet to go outside and these people are spending thousands of dollars on these like limited edition whatever sneakers. It's insane. That is insane. Like I said, I've never been a big shoe guy because to me it's like you just said. I put things on my feet to keep them warm and so I don't step on rocks or something. And I I don't know. I've never really been a big shoe guy. So it's it blows my mind. The last couple pairs of shoes I've bought have been like $20 pairs of shoes or less. <laughs> I'm like, score. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually don't spend more than $40 for sneakers. <laughs> yeah, same. That's why I never own Jordans. Yeah. Because I could buy, you know, five or six pairs for one pair of Jordans, right? That's a, They're triple digits, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Jordans, were, I, I think they're all, all upwards of $200 sometimes. Oh, my God. That's I mean, obscene. That's insane. Oh. oh, God. They do look good. Most of them do look good, though. Yeah. Ah, well, you know who else looked good? Talk about segues. Man, I just ease right back into that one. You are so good. <laughs> God, he's good. The 92 Bulls. In the finals, doubles against the Trailblazers and Clyde Drexler. Clyde the Glide. I was surprised to learn that um, five three-pointers in one half was a record for the finals at that time. I guess I'm so used to seeing guys just chucking up bombs that that seems super like you could probably do that in a quarter, right? Yeah, Clay Thompson will do that in like six minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I suppose, but at, the, at that time, the three-pointer wasn't, like, a massive part of the game. I mean, it was there, but people, like, the traditional, you know, most of the offense was built around get as close as you can to the hoop. <laughs> you know, layups and dunks are the best. And It was a very physical game, and we saw some pretty gnarly highlights of that in, well, when we get to the Knicks series, um, just the way, like, the game is, so different today that watching this, it's like, wow, I can't believe this happened in my lifetime. Yeah. 
was insane. Um, okay, where where are we going? Oh, we're going Dream Team. Oh my God, the goddamn Dream Team. That was that was entertaining. That that section. They had the big practice game, but first of all, uh, Isaiah Thomas snubbed from the team. And I know he said he had nothing to do with it. Jordan said he had nothing to do with Thomas not being on the team. And do I believe him or not? I I don't know. It really doesn't matter because it turns out that people on the team, Pippin, Bird, uh, Magic, nobody liked Isaiah Thomas anyway because he seems like a So. (laughs) Yep. I know. I didn't really realize that either. Like you said, it's irrelevant whether Jordan had much to do with it because nobody wanted him on that team. You know, despite how good he was, because he was a tremendous player, and um, anybody will tell you that, but it's just like, yeah, but is he going to gel on this team? Is he going to mesh well on this team? And I, with who you have there, you're, he wasn't going to. No. Nope. And they didn't need him. No, they didn't need him at all. Yeah. Uh, also, I kind of want a USA basketball shirt. Do they still make those? That's a good question. I don't know. That'd be cool. I, I want one, too. If you find them, let me know. Yeah, I want that one, not just not a newer one. I want that one. Yeah. I may have had one as a kid, now that I'm thinking about it. Huh. You should have kept it, man. You should have kept it. It'd be a tube top now, dude. It's all right. <laughs> you just you frame it and you hang it on the wall. That's what you, you know. You know what? I'd probably wear it though. Cuz like, yeah, you look ridiculous in like a tube top as an adult male, but it's the dream team. <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> You don't like my tube top? Don't look at it. This is the Dream Team shirt. That's right. Oh, We're man. We're pride. But I am going to look for I'll let you know if I can find some Dream Team shirts, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can do the thing. Maybe if we can get it, we can wear them when we do the show. That'd be great. No, no one, one will, will see, see it. us. Exactly. But we'll know. <laughs> we'll know, and that's all that matters. Exactly. But I like this, this practice game. I, I didn't think we were going to see any footage from the... I don't know if this is from the actual game or what, but... I was surprised we got some footage out of this. Yeah. And some good footage. And a lot of <laughs> talking between Magic and Jordan. Oh, man, that was great. I love how Magic is just like, yo, we're going to whip you all if you don't turn into turn into his airness. And Jordan, I love this is a, a theme of these two episodes where somebody tries to call out Jordan. He just goes, all right. <laughs> and then he, he like flips a switch and he just rolls on him. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I love how Magic knew it, too. He's like, why the hell did I have to say that? Damn it. <laughs> Your own funeral, man. Yeah, man. You you did that thing. Oh, yep. It was so good. And I, what I didn't like, and I didn't know about this, about Tony Kukoc. First of all, big fan of Tony Kukoc. And okay. I don't Former know if you've Milwaukee ever been. Buck. Oh, really? Was he? Oh, yeah. He was a Milwaukee Buck for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, have you been to the Chicago Sports Museum at all? No. Uh, we went a couple years ago, and they have a big Bulls exhibit, obviously. And mm-hmm. they have on the wall a bunch of basketballs with handprints on them of guys on the team, their hand sizes, like Scotty Pippen, Jordan, and Coach. This man has the biggest hands I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah, I was, I was shocked. Huh. Also didn't realize he was like six foot nine. Yeah, he was, he's, he was a taller shooter. I mean, he, that's how he made his bread and butter. He was, oh, that dude was so good. And Jordan and Pippen were to him for no reason at all. Like, it wasn't his fault at all. But, like, they heard Jerry Krause was courting him, I guess. Or, no, I guess they had drafted him. And then, you know, they heard Krause was, I don't know, he loved him or something. 
And so Jordan and Pippen decided to, I don't know, just like push them around for no reason. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, it's like their ego was hurt that Jerry Krause was touting Tony Kukoc as like the next big thing. So like, we're going to show him who's still king. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. It's kind of foolish. But, but poor Tony Kukoc was like, yeah, I kind of want to stay here for a couple more years because there's a war going on. And I want to ah, stay by my family. And also I make more money here. So I might stay here for a couple years. So it really wasn't his fault either. Uh, and then, yeah. I love how like he was like, yeah, I was I was going to make a few more million dollars staying in Europe. And I was like, that's insane, but also awesome for you. Like, that's great. Yeah. Especially in a war-torn country where you're like, I need all the money I can get because I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. I love how in a war-torn nation, like you can still get paid a bunch of money to play basketball, proving that all around the world, sports matter more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're simultaneously the most and least important thing about daily life. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and also, it was weird. Like, I get why Pippen was upset because we've talked about this. Prob- when was it? Episode two, I guess. Because um, they were talking about Coach and signing him and doing all this. Meanwhile, Pippen still doesn't have a contract. And so yeah. I, I get why he's mad. But, I mean, still, they took it out on Tony. And that was, wasn't fair to him. But he came back with a vengeance in the, in the final game. And, I don't know, they all figured it out because then he won a couple championships with them right oh yeah all's well that ends well i mean yeah winning solves everything doesn't it that's right i love how uh mike decided to cover the reebok logo for some reason <laughs> like like that's you know i i forget who said it but you know yeah your your money will will uh take you take the precedent and he's like ah oh, they're not gonna cover it like i'm gonna cover it so he just draped an american flag so he's like yeah i'm being totally patriotic and yeah. Like, nah, dude, you're being a. D- <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna be a, d- I guess that's the the best way to do it under the guise of patriotism. But in actuality, he's just being a. D- and I don't really understand why. Just because he, yeah, you're endorsed by Nike, but what the hell? Like, I don't. Unless they had threatened to like pull his contract because you wore Reebok, but at the same time, like you're playing the Olympics, you don't really have a choice for that. Right? How is that his fault? I don't know. That'd be interesting to know if Nike brought that on or if somebody pressured him or if he just decided on his own. If he decided that on his own, that's kind of a move. But if they said something, then we can at least transfer it to a corporation, which is much more palatable, I think. Yeah. And expected. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the 92 Dream Team really put uh, put Jordan as the man in the world stage because they had already won two in a row. So he's already the man in the NBA in the U.S. So then he just becomes the man around the world, and then the Be Like Mike thing comes up, and now he's he's got to kind of be more than just a basketball player, which is, I mean, it's got to be tough to do, right? You want to go out and just play ball, and I let my game do the talking, and all of a sudden he's got to get involved in politics, and I'm like, what? What? why are they doing this? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like he's really good at putting a – ball through a a hoop and they want to make him a role model and you know a a political pundit and all this stuff where on the one hand i understand that election like michael jordan has tremendous influence if he would have endorsed uh who was that gant yeah was that his name yeah i mean that that may have pushed him over the top to win to beat that old white racist incumbent 
Oh my God! He's oh, so segregation. I'm not saying that we'd have segregated schools, but that would be the choice. Like you're you're an <laughs> like come on. Yeah. So I mean, I get why some people are like, "Come on, Jordan, just just endorse this guy so we can get the piece of <laughs> out of office." Like, how hard would that have been to just one day before a game just mention that guy's name? Um, but I also understand in a way Jordan's point where he's like, I don't know either of the candidates personally. I haven't done my research, so I'm not comfortable. Why should I, I I'm here to play basketball. Why should I, why does my opinion matter on this? So I, I kind of, I, I kind of can see both sides there. Yeah. It's definitely a weird spot to be put in where like, he's this superstar. So then also you have to be a role model, but I'm like, why does he have to be a role model? Why can't people, you know, make their own decisions? Right. Yeah, why can't Jordan do what he wants and be really good at basketball and you watch him play the game and that's it? Who cares if he goes and gambles or does whatever he does? Like, that's none of your business. Um, oh, we're going to... Yeah, we're getting to the gambling. That is... Uh, hmm. That was a big part of episode six. Uh, yeah. Just... Oh, man. And I've heard some of this stuff before, but I didn't hear uh, a lot of these details. But I love how... Like we're seeing him play quarters in the in the locker room, and he's losing, and uh, <laughs> out of the security guards. Yeah. Security, come get security out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, there's uh, oh, we're, we got a couple things to get to before that. So they're playing, uh, they're playing quarters, and then we get into his gambling. But um, he went out after something. He left the locker room to go to the press to go to wherever he stood with the press. And they're like right on top of him. Like if I'm, if that's me, like y'all need to back up. Right. Like you are too close to me. Get a better microphone. Move your ass back. Yeah. that That's the thing. Like with that level of superstardom, where I can understand getting really sick and tired of that really quick. I mean, after even just a few days in a row of like, I can't leave my hotel room without a crowd of people screaming at me. Let all, I, you know, Jordan could never just stop at the grocery store on the way home or, you know, I mean, like he's always, always got to have people do stuff for him or have a posse and security guards around him. Otherwise, probably to this day, if Jordan stopped at a grocery store, people would flock to him and storm him. I mean, yeah, he'd never be able to like go to the bar real quick for one drink or like, you know, stop off somewhere to pick something up. But, you know, he wouldn't be able to do it. And that's that's insane to me. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard of other celebrities like uh, I forgot where I read this, but Nicolas Cage used to put on like a full costume to go out and do stuff so people wouldn't recognize him. That's but fantastic. I, I don't think Michael Jordan could pull off. I mean, like when you're six foot six, you're already people are already looking at you like, wow, who's that? And then I don't know. I guess you could just be a random tall dude, but. It's tough to hide. I mean, Jordan's so, so recognizable. I, I think he's when it comes to that. I think he would be willing to try a disguise, though, wouldn't he? Probably. Maybe he already does. Who knows? He might. I've never seen him in public, so maybe maybe we have and didn't know it. Or I was going to say, you have seen him in public and didn't know it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be such a bummer. But like, yeah, that guy, yeah, that's Michael Jordan's disguise. Damn it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I flicked that guy off. Damn it. Oh, no. that Oh, that'd be the worst. <laughs> he yeah. would never come on the show after that. Probably not. Did you uh, Did you DM him on Instagram yet? Uh, What's going I, on? I did not. Oh, Pat. I, I got to, you know, you got to take time to craft the right message. You can't just be like, hello, hello, sir. Would you like to be on a podcast? You can't do that. It's like, that's not, 
That's true. If you craft the right message, he'll definitely come on. All right. I'll see what I can do, and I'll let you know. I'll update you next week. <laughs> Perfect. I'll assume he'll be on, and I'll just be ready to go. Yeah, because you'll be with me when we do that, obviously. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know who would not be on a podcast with Michael Jordan is Sam Smith, the writer mm -hmm. who wrote the book that basically said, hey, you know this MJ guy you guys keep worshiping? He's actually kind of a Yeah. He's not this... Uh... This uh, genuine role model that you all think he is. I thought it was pretty f though that Jordan just threw Horace under the bus. He's like, yeah, people were talking to the, to the media. And he's like, that was all Horace. I'm like, yo, dude, what the f Yeah, no problem just throwing him under the bus. And then Horace, you know, we get him right away. Like, nope, I never talked to Sam. It could have been anybody. It was not me. They think, oh, just because we're friends that I leaked all this stuff. He's like, nope, it was not me. And I'll tell you, after uh, we heard from Horace Grant last week, I believe him. Yeah, he seems like a no straight shooter. Yeah, I love it. I want to be his friend. I want. To, I should have him on the show. That'd be great. We should talk to Horace Grant. I do think Horace Grant would be a better interview than Michael Jordan. I think he's more likely to join the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, both. Yeah, go for <laughs> Horace Grant. You know what? Switch gears. Put all your eggs in the Horace Grant basket. All right, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, did you read Patrick Ewing is not watching this documentary? I did not. I read that the other day on Twitter, and he's like, yeah, y'all going to make me relive this? I lived it once. I don't need to relive that <laughs> again. <laughs> huh. That's funny. I mean, you know, that Knicks series was quite physical, and, you know, they, they beat each other up. You know, it's not a foul till you draw blood. And, you know, Knicks were up two games to none. Then Jordan goes to Atlantic City with his family, and we learned that, He's a super gambler. Yeah, I guess I, I don't blame Patrick Ewing. He never won against him, so... Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Like, Ewing was a great player. Oh, yeah. Excellent player. And his high top fade is just... It's masterful. Absolutely. Second to none. <laughs> Second to kid and play. <laughs> or Will Smith. So he's probably... He's top three. High fade. <laughs> Yeah, at least at least top five. We can give him that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we learned during the Knicks series, like, he just goes to Atlantic City. He's like, I want to get out of the city for a while, get away. So he goes to AC with his dad and his buddies. And then, of course, everybody hears this, and they all freak out, like, dude, it's a final series, and, blah, 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 and everybody loses their minds. And Jordan's like, yo, I just had to go and play some damn blackjack. What's up? Yeah, clear my mind. Get out of the uh, crazy New York media scrum. And yeah, I, I don't blame him. He's like, yeah, he, he bets on his golf games and he plays cards and, you know, he plays quarters with security guys and he loses a lot. Apparently, I don't think he did. He did. He win any of those matchups that we saw? Not. No, not <laughs> the ones that they showed. Oh, man. So, of course, the media is all over this. And finally, Mike's just like, yo, I'm not talking to you guys anymore. You guys are pissing me off. And so his dad steps in. He's like, all right, listen, he just went and did the thing. He's he's fine. Relax, people. And I love yeah. how like it might be weird for parents to be super involved in their kids. But when your kid's Michael Jordan and like on top of the world, I like that they're still connected. Yeah, I thought I thought the same thing. Like, oh, that's cool. It, he has a seems like a good relationship with his parents still. Yeah. Uh, so the Bulls, of course, come out. And like we've said this, like when you tell Jordan like, oh, he can't do this, or oh, when's he going to do this? He just comes out and dominates. So they come out in game three after losing, you know, 
two physical games to the Knicks. They come out win game three by 20. And so it's just like, <laughs> yeah, this is like, why have you not figured this out? Anything that you say to Jordan, or even he might just make it up, like to make himself angry enough to kick your ass on the court. Yeah. Uh, didn't Shaquille O'Neal do that too? He used to make make up beefs with uh, he made up a beef with David Robinson. He say like, "Oh, David Robinson." He started a beef with him just so he'd be more motivated to when he played against him. That I did not know that. I think that's kind of yeah. awesome. Yeah. So he must have taken that page out of the Michael Jordan book. I mean, if you're gonna take something from Jordan, it might as well be that. I mean, he probably could have borrowed some free throw shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody loves Shaq, but. Imagine if he would have been a 70% free throw shooter. Even like 65. Yeah, how many more points would he have averaged or scored in his career? Oh, God. I don't know. I feel like he'd be one of the – well, no, because he would still score like 40 a game. But I think I sent you the thing where some player uh, went one – he went to the free throw line 36 times and finished the game with 18 points. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was that? I don't remember who it was, but that's – Oh, that's bad. Ouch. That's ouch right there. <laughs> like, it's called the free throw for a reason. Like, you should be able to make most of them. Especially at the NBA level, you should be good enough to hit at least 60%. At least. A shot from 15 feet away with nobody guarding you. Yeah. <laughs> you should You should have that pretty well figured out, I would think. Yeah, I would think so too, but apparently not. But hey, Sean Bradley was seven foot four and averaged like two blocks a game. So what the hell do we know? Yeah, yeah, but Sean Bradley was white. He didn't have that uh, <laughs> ability to jump. Just hold his arms up. He didn't need to. He was seven foot goddamn four. <laughs> then why didn't he block more shots, Pat? Why didn't he block? He just more gotta shots? throw his arms up like this. <laughs> People like Sean Bradley, like. If I could be tall, if I was tall, oh, I'd be uh, still in the NBA right now, like, Pat. You just throw your hands up like this, you plant your feet, and you'll get a charge called on you every time. Yeah. Like, in your favor. Uh, come on. Right. Uh, I know. I, now, now, the game is changing today. Now you have to be really skilled, even if you're seven feet tall. But, come on. In the 90s, like, you didn't even, you, you didn't even have to know how to dribble the f- ball. Just be tall. You're in the NBA. You, you just stand <laughs> under the hoop and get ball. You just get the board, pass it. Here's a couple million bucks. Pretty much. Yeah, uh, and you'll be, in, you'll be in NBA Jam. Like, that's really, that's yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, now these seven-footers are shooting threes, and they got to know how to dribble and pass and all this stuff. Like, that. No. Yeah. Now it's the competition level is getting way too crazy. But even as early, even as recently as, like, the early 2000s, like, there's so many big guys who have so unskilled that were in the league just because they were big. It's a little, a uh, little frustrating. Yeah. If we were seven feet tall, we'd probably be on the same team. Oh yeah. With Sean Bradley. That would be awesome. Actually. If we were on the same NBA team, that'd be the best. Yeah. It would be the bucks though. It would be the bucks. Whoever paid me money. Yep. Everybody <laughs> except Philadelphia. Well, well that's just hurtful. That's hurtful, sir. I do not appreciate that at all. I take it back. I'm oh, sorry, Pat. God. I take it back. I'll play for Philadelphia if they pay me. <laughs> at least you could have said anybody but the Lakers, right? Ooh, yeah, anybody but the Lakers. Or Boston. I'm tired of Boston. All right. 
All right. I'm trying to think or if there's Philadelphia. No, I'm just kidding. If there's actually an NBA franchise that I just don't like. It was the Lakers in the early 2000s because I was tired of them. Yeah, tired of Shaq and Kobe just winning all the time. And then, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't really hate them. I was just kind of sick of them. Agreed. I'm trying to think of t- too if there's a. Well, so like, who's the who's the Bucks' biggest rival? You know what? The Bucks really don't. I don't really have a big rival. I, I think kind of now it's kind of morphed into the Detroit Pistons just because they've had some really. Um, physical matchups and the Bucks just win every time and dominate and they start getting pushy. Now that Blake Griffin is on that team, um, those games are pretty feisty. He's a feisty guy, that Blake Griffin. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't love Blake Griffin. He's, I could take him or leave him. He just seems like a, like a baby. Yeah. I'm not a fan of like athletes who complain a lot. And that's why I, did I, was that even a word that I just said? Good Lord. It's been a rough day. <laughs> um, like i wasn't a uh i was kind of mad at tim duncan at first because uh, and you know i love tim duncan but at first Mm -hmm. he was like complaining to the refs and just kind of being a being a whiner and then he finally like morphed out of it lebron too at the beginning i'm just like all right you're gonna get the call eventually if you're good enough or you know if you're a good actor just relax you'll be fine right yeah play the damn game i agree none of these players none of these babies would have lasted Five minutes against Sir Charles. That's what I got to say about that. How's that for a smooth oh, transition yeah. back into these finals? Great, great segue back into the program. Thanks, thanks, man. Good, good work, Pat. Thank you. Um, so, so I mean, you know, the the round mound of rebound. He's uh, he's the man at this point in Phoenix. He was the MVP. We're we're back in '93. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And Barkley's the man at this point. And Jordan is still not talking to the media. And finally, just decides to talk to. Ahmad Rashad, who is great, by the way. I'm a fan of that guy. Oh, you a fan of Ahmad Rashad? I love, I love Ahmad Rashad. Oh, man. Absolutely. Inside the NBA, he's so good. Yep. So Mike picks one person to talk to, and of course it's Ahmad Rashad, and he's like, do you have a gambling problem? He's like, dude, no, it's a hobby. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get this out of the way. I'm tired of this. Yeah, and he just did it. And uh, I feel bad for... Dan, how do you say his name? Dan Marley, the guy on the Suns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, apparently, Jerry Krause was like, "Yeah, this dude's great," which is true. He is. And so Jordan's like, "All right, I'm gonna show you that he's not a great defensive player, and I'm just gonna beat on him." And I like that he said, um, "He's like, if I don't do this, people are gonna put him on my level." And he used that to just be like, "Okay, I'm gonna steamroll him," and he did. Yeah, we can't we can't have that. Can't be having that. I mean, yeah, the whole. Um, we really lean into Jordan's kind of a jerk in these episodes, which is uh, I thought was nice to see because it's something that, you know, you're covering Jordan. You're not going to say that he was like this cool teammate the whole time. It took him six years to finally come around to the triangle offense, right? Right. Figure out how to pass the ball. And and be a teammate and, you know, help the team win. And again, we were supposed to be impressed. That's the one thing. I still can't hmm. get past that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's sort of a you kind of can't have it both ways, though, because Jordan has to be that maniacally competitive over the top in order to push himself to be as good as he was. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if if he's not that way, if he ever gets quite that level. So I don't know. It's kind of like I was going to say it's kind of like Kevin Garnett is also kind of an but not really. He's just figures out ways to motivate himself and, you know. 
or Shaq. You know, you got to start beef and be a sometimes to push through <laughs> and, and motivate yourself, especially at the highest level. Garnett was really good at getting under people's skin. Oh, yeah. Like, he was, he, he might have been the, ma- other than MJ, like, after MJ, it might have been Garnett, who was, like, the master of just pushing the guy's buttons. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. But I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, if you're going to be a great player, then you kind of have to, first of all, think of yourself and know that you're a great player and then be able to execute that and just be like, all right, I'm going to carry these guys and we're going to do the thing. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. In order to have, like, the balls to take the last shot or to, I mean, somebody's got to do it, you know. So you need that confidence and, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like anything you could could calm it down a little there's got to be some balance but all right so i lied i'm going to put in one uh sound clip i got to go back and find it but i'm going to do it uh chicago was celebrating early during the sun series and they asked barkley about that and he just dropped the best line take that shit off the windows (laughs) you don't need it tonight that was great i love that that was great i thought it was fantastic like that's charles barkley yeah, Char- yeah, I love Charles Barkley. He's great. I love that he's crapping on Draymond Green lately. Yeah, me too, because I'm not a fan of Draymond Green. Because Draymond is like, there's being a d- and also being like a great player and teammate, and then there's being a d- just to be a d- C, Draymond Green. Yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but it made sense in my head. Yeah, no, I'm following. I'm following. We're not fans of Draymond Green is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the anti Draymond Green Club, right here. Pretty much, and I love the uh, the finals clinching shot. And so there's a big three. You need to hit it. And who's open? It's our man John Paxson. That's right. Who we had uh, what was the last episode when he was? They just kept kicking it out to him because he was open. Like if you're open, you're gonna hit the shot, right? Because Paxson was uh, a little bit of a sharpshooter at this time, right? But, like, nobody knew it because it was all, you know, Jordan, Pip, and Rodman. Like, oh, yeah, here. and Steve Kerr, he got some uh, some highlights in there as well. But it's like, yeah, there's this guy, John Paxson, who can also hit some big shots. Yeah, and if he's left wide open, dump him the ball. I did not expect to see him that wide open. Did you, you, yeah. you saw that highlight? Yeah, it was, that was just yeah. – he had there was nobody around him for, like, five feet. <laughs> I mean, I guess the opposing coach is saying – we do not let Jordan beat us, you know. Do not let Jordan make somebody else beat us. So that's what that's what they did. <laughs> and, you know, it, it worked out for the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. And I like how at the end, you know, you know, they're celebrating and Jordan's, I guess, getting pictures taken or whatever. And he's like, Can I just sit here for a couple minutes? Can I just yeah, can I just, just sit down? <laughs> yep. And that seemed to be like the theme of the episode where it's like yeah, I got all this great stuff happening, but also, like, I just want to sit down and relax for a bit. Can we do that? Yeah. Can you give me a freaking minute? Just give me a minute. Like, in the beginning at the hotel, and he's like, it's peaceful till y'all come in here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what we were talking about before, that level of insane celebrity. I just can't imagine having to live like that every single day. Oh, yeah. Not being able to go out and do stuff and... I mean, not that I like yeah. going out and doing stuff, but, you know, the options there are I'm not going to get mobbed by anybody just for right. being in public. Simply showing up. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm keeping you awake over there. No, I'm, I apologize. 
That's right. We're actually at the end anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we All right. we ended with, you know, they had 62 wins in 98, and they're meeting the Nets in the playoffs. And so I guess uh, we'll kick off episode seven with uh, with the 98 playoffs, or they'll jump back to like 1962 or something. I don't know. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Jordan's childhood is, is coming up next. Again, yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to take a look at Steve Kerr's childhood. Actually, that'd be awesome. Let me, uh, yeah, that'd be, be cool. Awesome. I love Steve Kerr. I do too. We've talked about Steve that. Kerr. Yeah, he's great. Steve Kerr is the man. So I want more Steve Kerr highlights, by the way. I've seen like two in this, in, you know, six episodes. A little, uh, little disappointed. Come on, documentary people. There's still time. There's still time, Pat. Don't you act like there's no Steve Kerr footage out there. Oh, there's plenty of Steve <laughs> Kerr footage. Hitting threes. Come on. Oh man, he was awesome. So these were these were good. Um, I enjoyed these episodes. You know, we got to look at you know maybe Jordan isn't uh, this paragon of virtue that he's propped up to be, and also might be a gambling addict, and also just wants people to leave him alone every once in a while. Can't blame him. Not at all. Cannot blame him. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the lesson. Just like yeah, famous people, just leave him alone for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, give him a chance to just be alive without insanity ensuing around them at all times yeah oh man good stuff so uh, i know i predicted last week that we would get to the baseball his foray into minor league baseball this week we did not do you think we're yeah, gonna you think we're gonna get to that well when was his foray into minor league baseball it was after the 93 season it was 93 94 mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they'll. They, they have to get to that. I'm sure they will. So, for following this wacky timeline, it would be next. Because <laughs> <laughs> could be any time. Because <laughs> they just won the '92 title, and it was the next year, I guess. Because they, because like his dad with stuff with his dad, and then he took off. Oh yeah, good point. They yeah, that would make sense if it was in these next two episodes. But you know, time had, like the like we've said, like the rest of the world today, time has no meaning in this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God for that guide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they didn't have that graphic, oh, dialed. it would, it would oh, be a, such a mess. Yes, it would. I kind of hope we see more Isaiah Thomas, um, like complaining how nobody likes him, because I want to be able to just talk about how much of a jerk he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. Everybody hated that guy. I want to crap on Isaiah Thomas some more. I want Steve Kerr highlights, and I want more from Horace Grant. That's what I want for these now these last four episodes. I, I'm totally down with that, especially the Horace Grant stuff. I want more Horace Grant. I'm, I'm going to see if I can reach out to his people, see if we can get him on the show. All right. Well, I'll, I'll assume he's going to be on next week. <laughs> I'll be prepared with questions for Horace. You are giving me a lot of credit, sir. <laughs> I believe in you, Pat. Thanks, man. <laughs> And thank you once again, as always, for joining me uh, again at my invitation. You did not bully your way on this time. Uh, the ratio is starting to turn in my favor now. I've been invited at least three times now, and I've only bullied myself on, what, twice? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a more invited guest now than, than the other way around. I mean, you do always find a point to bring up the bucks, so. Well, you knew that was coming when you asked <laughs> me on. You knew that was going to happen. <laughs> And you were rude about the Sixers again, and that was not okay. But, you know, the positives outweigh the negatives, I would say. And you will you will receive no apology from me about being rude about the Sixers. Oh, I can't stand you. Oh, I can't stand you. <laughs> oh. But you're going to see me next week. I am, and it's going to be lovely. And if you're looking for live sports, friends, the Korean Baseball League 
is off and running. They're on ESPN every day. DVR it because the games are like 1 a.m. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch some live sports, Korean baseball, it's a lot of fun. It's something. <laughs> Become a baseball fan already, Danny. You get, um, come on. I don't know, man. It's too Give slow. It, uh, All right, NFL excitement. fan. Don't you dare say things are too slow if you watch the NFL. Ugh. I only moderately like the <laughs> NFL for the same for the same reason. The NFL is just a little too slow. But there's more excitement in the NFL, in my opinion, than in baseball. I think we have to end <laughs> this. Not I'm, agree. I'm about, no, I don't at all. And we could go off on a whole other tangent on this, mm. but uh, <laughs> we're, I think we're. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna table this, and <laughs> maybe I'll calm down by the time I talk to you next. <laughs> Next week. Oh, you jerk. All right. Uh, but thank you, good sir, for joining me. This was, as always, fantastic. Thank you for having me, Pat. My pleasure. Yes. And there you have it. Even though he was rude about the Sixers, so that wasn't nice. Wasn't that fun, though? That was a good time. My thanks, of course, to Danny Schmitz for joining me. The last dance. I will reach out to some of these basketball players we keep talking about. And who knows? Uh, one of them or both of them or all of them will appear on the show. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. I'll probably do it today or... Uh, maybe I'll wait. I have no idea. Um, but yes, The Last Dance, the next two episodes air tomorrow, Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, so go check those out on ESPN, 9 o'clock Eastern, and uh, the next day on the ESPN app. And if, if you have ESPN Plus, like I do, and if you have Disney Plus, you might as well just go in and get the bundle because you're saving some money. I'm about Pat, I already have Hulu. That's all right. They'll credit you $6. You do that to me, it's awesome. So do that thing. I don't know. And then you can watch them... Um, uncensored and it's more fun that way i think uh so there you go that's all the stuff and oh is there something i needed to tell you about that i don't know but my thanks again of course to danny schmitz and to greg almeida for joining me and to here's to you for the tune all of that was so much goddamn fun um yes of course happy mother's day to all you moms my mom of course and all the mom figures in your lives if you have someone who's oh somebody's like a mom they make a card for that by the way do you know that well now you do um, so if you're a, a mom or a, a stepmom or a, I don't know, gra- well, grandma and a mom-like figure, you know, uh, enjoy your day. Again, we're in weird times, so uh, do your best. And I hope that you have uh, have some semblance of fun and hopefully, uh, fingers and toes crossed, we can get back to some kind of normal relatively soon. Who the hell knows? Um, you know, keep washing your hands, do all that stuff. And also, for you wrestling fans out there, to, or not tonight, tomorrow... Money in the Bank, uh, yes, there is some wrestling tomorrow night, and this is set up to be the most interesting thing I think that we're going to see for a while. Um, they, it's the Okay, I'll just throw it out here for any wrestling fans. Anybody else, thanks for coming. I love you. Uh, but, um, yeah, they're holding the, uh, the event inside the corporate headquarters, the Money in the Bank matches. And um, so the object, you climb a ladder, you get a briefcase, and you can, you know, you do what you do with the briefcase, right? So... I'm not going to explain it for people who either if you're still here, you either already know or you just listen to the end of the show for G love and don't care about this. So, (laughs) so there you go. Um, They're doing it at the corporate headquarters. Both the men's and women's matches will be happening at the same time, which has never happened, obviously. Um, So this is going to be either really awesome or the worst thing we've ever seen. Either way, I am excited to see it. So um, yes, that's Sunday at seven. And, um, you know, you can watch that, and then Monday you can uh, catch up on the the Last Dance on ESPN Plus because you've already subscribed since I told you, right? Right. All right. Um, that's it. Thanks everybody for hanging out. 
This has been awesome. Um, oh, boy. We did the legal stuff. We're good there. This has been an 8 Boiler production. Uh, G-Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage are going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. Oh, man. That's it. This. Oh, Jesus. Until next time, my friends, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. And, of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You've been inside the Meltic Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo. Could I get a cold beverage? I need some leverage. A sweaty ass as a lemonade would be nice. Of a spice from the top to a VK. Got a bar for a drink, but cross. Got the bait on the front board. See, I got some ice tea. If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no bugs. Blast some ice and a dash of a more. It's my teeny time. Yeah, yeah, feeling cold. And bring your own beverage. It's me, so it's cold. Please fix me a large slice. Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old. Yeah, I have a beverage drink, so it's cold. Cold, 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 cold. He sent me from the bar. Yeah, I like cold beverage. Yeah, I like cold beverage. Yeah, I like cold beverage. Yeah, uh, cause I'm feeling kind of boy. Stick it in the fridge, 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 stick it in the fridge. And the friend. Go girl work the cold one. Go girl work the cold one. What? Go girl work the cold one. Go girl work the cold one. Yo, when I'm fishing, let's keep one thing clear. The bait's over there, the brew's right here. Two six packs in a big bag of ice. Didn't even get some bite, but the brew tastes a nice back to the ball. So every decoration of collada. Need a whole lot of them food drinks to catch me up on the must die. I'm the Kool-Aid kid. My drink, please stick it in the fridge, cause I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. Uh-huh, I'm kinda thirsty, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah.